0: Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits.
1: I say, America, stay out
2: the bushes. Look for the union label. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Driving their
0: just powers from the
3: consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected.
0: It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's com. Don't forget that email address, alan at com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right. The Alan Nathan Nathan Shows entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Also, by the way, a quick thank you and shout out to all the live streaming that's uh, carrying the show, as well as the multitude of podcast networks. Thank you, one and all. Um... Our topics du jour, I think, are straightforward. Twitter Files reporters, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, these guys handily neutralized Democrats clumsily trying to vilify their witness testimony, the testimony that was further exposing left-wing government censorship. Uh, And this all happened during the latest House subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. It was a real ouch moment for the left because attacking these guys was essentially attacking people they had in the past embraced repeatedly. Matt Taibbi, the guy who used to work with the Rolling Stone magazine, for God's sake. Schellenberger, Michael Schellenberger, another award-winning journalist. These guys have both been embraced by the left, but now that their professionalism is unearthing things uncomfortable to the left, oh, for some reason, they've now retroactively lost all credibility. Just a horrendous display of silliness uh, on the part of the left. They were caught red-handed, actually attacking the first amendment and defending those who would violate it. it it's just just so bizarre we have assisting in the opining and analyzing all front of the show john zamirak senior editor at the stream he was press secretary for louisiana governor mike foster he was also a reporter and editor at success magazine as well as investors uh, business daily he's co-author of 13 books including the highly praised work entitled politically incorrect guide to immigration john good to have you back as always how are you today
4: Fine, thanks, Alan. Yeah, I would like to bring people back to the 90s. In the 90s, Kipper Gore, who was kind of a centrist Democrat, she got called a fascist for asking that records that had profane and violent lyrics have a warning label on the outside of them. Not that they be banned from record stores, not that even an age restriction be imposed on who bought the records, but simply that there was parents' explicit lyrics warning put on the outside of it so that parents could see that their kids' records contained this stuff. She was called a fascist by the left. She was called a Nazi for favoring thought control. Who would have thought that a mere 30 years later the same people and organizations would be – labeling your posts on your Facebook to your friends if you say something this happened to me yesterday if you say something disparaging about the experimental gene therapy covid vaccine you'll get a warning label put on your on your post or you will be banned you will be banned from talking to your own friends about the details of your own medical care if what you say doesn't agree With the World Health Organization, the Chinese government, and some billionaire corporations, and Democrat congressmen, who would have thought that Democrat congressmen could send requests to the FBI to have private citizens censored in talking to their own friends in public? These same—remember the Democrat, the ACLU—demonstrated for the sued for the right of neo-Nazis to march down the street. They were right then. They were free speech purists, free speech absolutists. Now they are like the party in Orwell's 1984. They want total control of information. They think they can judge what is dis- misinformation. That is the most un American idea. The idea that yeah, the first government of all, is. The, g- even yeah. an
0: intellectual argument, I mean, when it comes to accusations of misinformation and disinformation. These accusations must be demonstrated, not merely declared. They've got to be shown, not merely asserted. Otherwise, they become the perfect tools for any tool to go ahead and shut down free speech, not to his or her or their respective liking. That's just a matter of intellectual exercise. But guess what? Even misinformation and disinformation is protected by the First Amendment. That's and right. And that's because what's considered misinformation today might be proven accurate later on. Let's look at what's happened with the COVID 19 protocols. First of all, how long were we told that uh, vaccine immunity was stronger than natural immunity? Now, NBC even reported, you know, some months ago that, uh, according to the New England Journal of Medicine, no, actually, it turns out that natural immunity is stronger than vaccine immunity kind of makes sense. I mean, vaccine immunity only has 5 to 10 percent of the uh, uh, DNA of the virus. So it kind of makes sense that natural immunity is stronger. Not only that, if you're naturally immunized, you have what's known as these high-performing ORF1 immunogenic epitopes. I don't want eyes glazing in the back of anyone's sockets, but basically uh, an epitope is that part of the antigen that uh, more effectively attracts uh antibodies from your immune system so if you have so many more of them you're naturally attracting that many more antibodies and therefore by default uh you're better protected we also know that masks right now uh prove to really not have any efficacy whatsoever uh turns out that the Cochrane group the Cochrane study which even the left have to listen to because it's the gold standard the universal gold standard of all studies in this regard they came to the conclusion that masks really didn't have much impact except for N95s, but they're impractical, they're hard to breathe, and only a small percentage of the people ever had them. And besides, uh, I mean, most of COVID is spread through what's known as aerosols, which are only 1 17th the size of the pores found in the finest of surgical masks and only 1 80th the size of the pores found in the best of cloth masks. So all these things about 6 to 8 to 12 months ago Were considered verboten. You couldn't bring them up. They were considered misinformation or disinformation.
4: How about the lab leak origins of COVID? Oh, thank
0: you, the granddaddy of them all.
4: now that China is aligning with Russia over Ukraine, suddenly our government is willing to tell us, yeah, yeah, the Wuhan Institute of Novel Co- Coronaviruses may have been behind the virus leak in their own city, as John Stewart
5: brilliantly said. Well, it's not said. just May. Jon Stewart
0: did a brilliant job. We have the clip of it, too. He did a brilliant job of that, as did uh, Bill Maher. Both of them were at a time when it was difficult to be indignant. I have to give him credit. Both of those guys, at a time when it was difficult to be indignant on these matters, were so. They were very indignant. They were very upset with Facebook and Twitter at the time for uh, having the temerity to actually go ahead and crush open conversation over uh, the origins of COVID. Now, of course, you've got the Department of Education as well as the Federal Bureau of Investigation both saying, yes, more likely than not that – COVID came from a lab leak versus natural, uh, natural origin. Um, it, was the
4: Department of, it was the Department of Energy, just so people don't get confused. Did I say
0: energy or did I say education like an idiot? I'm you sorry. said
4: edu-
1: education.
0: I mean, sorry. No, forget it, forget yeah. it. Department of Energy, thank you very much. But here's the real thing that ticks me off. Um, why is it that the CIA has such compunction in coming forward? Are you going to tell me that the CIA's intel sources aren't at least as good as the Department of Energy? or the Federal Bureau of Investigation, why is it the Department of Energy can say it has a low level of confidence, which still means it believes it's more likely than not to have come from uh, the lab? I mean, that's it may say low. The left are pouncing on that terminology. Oh, it's only a low confidence. Guess what, douchebags? The low confidence still means that they believe that it's more likely than not uh, a COVID lab leak theory. Uh, being accurate than it is to say national origin. But but the FBI says it's a moderate. So my question is, why the hell is the CIA dragging its feet? We know that they have at least the same level of intel on this, but they're not coughing it up. Why is that, sir?
4: I, I don't know. But the whole idea that the government can tell us what's misinformation is fascist.
0: It is fascist. Straight up so. And the government has no right to be connected to it. But still, you've got the Department of Homeland Security through their uh, you know, security I- infrastructure and security agency, CISA, tag-teaming with the Election Integrity Project. And they have groups under them, Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public, the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, and of course, Grapeka, the social media analytics firm, all doing the censorship bidding of government. Screw them. This
6: message is provided by Beringer Engelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than two hundred lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's phase three global. Fibrenear program. To learn more about Fibrenear and eligibility requirements, visit fibrenear-ipf.longboat.com and fibrenear-ild.longboat.com.
7: This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math. But aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM Skills Build is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM Skills Build is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a
8: transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million
7: people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org.
3: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is
6: biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much,
0: from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every
3: moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think
0: a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds
3: a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
9: When was the first time that Mr. Musk approached you about writing uh, uh, the Twitter files? I,
5: uh, again, Congresswoman, that would. Uh,
9: I just need a date, sir.
5: But I can't give it to you, unfortunately, because this, this is a question of sourcing, and I don't give up. I'm it's a journalist, a I don't reveal my of source. source. It's a question of chronology. No, that's a question because of Because you earlier
9: said that, that someone had sent you through the internet some message about whether or not you would be interested in some information.
5: Yes, and I referred to that person as a source.
9: So you're not going to tell us when Musk first
5: approached you? Again, Congressman, when so you're asking me, to re- you're that? asking a journalist to reveal so a source. So then you
9: consider Mr. Musk to be the direct source of all this?
5: No, now you're you're trying to get me to say that he is the source. I I I, well, I just can't answer your is question. Or he or he isn't.
9: if you're telling me you can't answer because it's your source, well then that the only logical conclusion is that he
5: is in fact your source. Well, you're free to conclude that.
0: Yeah, you're free She sits up a false choice and says if you don't choose one the other one must be the case when a complete answer of nondisclosure is the response and therefore neither could be the case yet still as Taibi makes clear to uh, this congresswoman Celia Garcia Democrat out of Texas she's able to conclude whatever she wants she's free to conclude that doesn't mean she's accurate this is sophistry Every year is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted to be with us. You're listening to an exchange uh, between uh, Sylvia Garcia and journalist Matt Taibbi. Uh, She's asking him when Elon Musk first approached him about the Twitter files. Taibbi says he can't talk about that because it may reveal a source. Garcia says his reluctance... To discuss it means Musk is the source. She's not able to tether that assertion to any measurable standard of accountability and dialogue and debate. She's not able to link that claim to its required foundational merit. But she just, in masturbatory fashion, makes the claim nonetheless. It's probably why she sounds like a jerk-off. Taibbi says, of course, she can conclude whatever the hell she wants. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Uh, Old friend of the show, none other than John Zamirak, senior editor at The Stream. He was press secretary for Louisiana Governor Mike Foster, as well as having been a reporter and editor at Success Magazine, as well as Investor's Business Daily. Also, he's co-author of the highly praised work entitled Politically Incorrect Guide to Immigration, one of 13 books that he's co-authored. John, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today? Appreciate you. I'm
4: fine. Thanks, Alan. You know, as you recount these things, I happen to be reading a work of medieval history called the World, the War on Heresy, the War on Heresy, and it is the authoritative current study of of the the 12th and 13th century and the the horrendous genocidal war against the, uh, the, the Albigensian heretics in southern France. It was a crusade ca- called by the Pope, waged against Christians, and it killed hundreds of thousands of people in southern France. And as a Catholic, it's really a shameful episode for me. W- what I'm reading, though, it reminds me of what's going on with accusations of racism and misinformation and conspiracy theory, it reminds me entirely of what the left is doing now. They throw out any standard of evidence, any standard of due process. If you defend the accused, uh, you are then accused of the same crime. You, you're, you know Why are you defending witchcraft? Why are you defending racists? Uh, if you say that person might not be a witch, oh, you must be a witch, too. We're going to put you on trial as well. well it's it that is an eerie parallel. Eerie parallel. Yeah, eerie yeah, yeah. Parallel.
0: yeah that's, that's why I'm confident that the woke will eventually be put to sleep, because of that kind of inverted, burden-of-proof structure they have in all arguments. It's, it's unsustainable, because, again, there really is a limit to how long folks can take seriously assertions, endlessly predicated on what are merely just other assertions with only these shaming tactics used as a validation. I mean, most, I think, catch on to the difference between a genuine premise and the pretext pretending to be one. I mean... Well, Alan, there
4: are two possible outcomes, okay? The Salem witch trials in America burned out within a few years, and pretty soon everyone was ashamed of what they had done. On the other hand, the witch trials in Germany and France and Scotland, they went on for decades. So there's something dark in human nature, something twisted in the human soul. You, I mean, If you read about the persecutions of Jews in medieval Europe, you see the same thing. You see fake charges, invented libels about Jews killing Chris, Christian children that are used as a pretext for persecuting people who lent money, and, and the people owed the money now resent the people they borrowed it but from and don't want to pay is it people, back.
0: Even if they may not verbalize it as, as we are here right now, people have a sense of when folks are just using presuppositions masquerading as settled argument versus showing how that argument was ever actually settled. You know, the idea of, of of telling us that, oh, the conclusion of my claim is validation for my argument versus showing the validation itself. I mean, these are manipulative authoritarians who, who are trying to find a way to supplant our free will. I mean, look, I think their manipulation tactic, my friend, is to use secondary measures of allegedly more important morals, to, to take the place of the primary one of our right to choose for ourselves that which we find to be most acceptable. They want to replace the primary measure of our right to determine for ourselves what we find to be the more important moral. And it's, it's I, you, know, you know what, you know what it's kind of example I want to give? Here's an example of what I, I, I think might illustrate it best for folks. Because right now we're just giving general references ourselves. I think a recent example is when the left told us that we should give up our gas stoves because they claim that approximately 12.7% of children have supposedly contracted asthma from them. Okay. Now, the assertion was based on a study from the very unapologetically left-wing think tank energy organization known as the Rocky Mountain Institute, or RMI. But, turns out these douchebags ignored the findings of the most comprehensive worldwide report on this issue to date, and that was from Isaac, also known as the International Study of Asthma and Allergies in, in Childhood, Isaac. Now that report utilized data from over 512,000 kids out of 47 nations. And it concluded that there was, quote, no evidence of an association between the use of gas as a cooking fuel and either asthma symptoms or asthma diagnosis, unquote. So what you had was the left being caught red-handed using a presupposition masquerading a settled argument versus showing how said argument was ever actually settled. They merely make an assertion, and then predicate on that assertion other assertions and then shame you into not going along what they basically are doing is telling us that their claim is enough to be in lieu of grounds that would otherwise have none that's that's all they're doing and and at one point or another it's weakness it's absolute weakness
4: Well, these are the same people who want marijuana to be decriminalized so parents can be smoking pot around their kids. They don't, they, 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 these are the same people. They wanted, they allowed the riots over George Floyd and said they were mostly peaceful. And now they're persecuting little old ladies who took selfies at the Capitol on January 6th. It's an absolute double standard based on people who are hungry for power at all costs.
0: No, I agree. And there's only so long these inverted burden-of-proof tactics can last because they really are unsustainable. They're unsustainable. Um, anyway, I wish we had more time, but as usual, never enough to go on. Um, once again, we're going to be right back real soon. want to thank him again. John Zemeierk, everybody, senior editor at The Stream. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. going to be right back.
8: From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day. And on random occasions throughout the year they're drawn to each other though they are each too insecure to be their true selves so what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist author
3: elise bryant this is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are i hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with reggie and delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way
8: Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold.
7: Not everyone is a morning person, and that's okay. At Burger King, we let you be you and have your morning your way. With a variety of menu items made just for you, satisfy any craving on any morning. Feeling savory today? How about a croissant sandwich? Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant. Perfect with hot or iced coffee is bacon more your thing we do that too. try a bacon egg and cheese croissant, which with crispy bacon fluffy eggs and melted american cheese on a toasted croissant try it with an ice cold coke or maybe you're craving something sweet then french toast sticks are sure to satisfy golden brown piping hot and perfect for dipping in a side of sweet syrup pair it with a simply orange juice why not it's your morning complete your breakfast combo meal with hash browns and a beverage of your choice have your breakfast your way Because morning person or not, you rule at participating U.S. Burger King restaurants sponsored by Coca-Cola.
10: You know that feeling like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills, skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more, so you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered. And prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council.
2: No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you
11: sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date?
7: Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together.
1: Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate.
2: Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend.
3: Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
10: I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness.
7: That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget.
10: It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything.
7: Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM. So can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council.
9: When was the first time that Mr. Musk approached you about writing uh, uh, the Twitter files?
5: Again, Congresswoman, that would. Uh,
9: I just need a date, sir.
5: But I can't give it to you, unfortunately, because this, this is a question of sourcing, and I don't give up. I'm it's a journalist, a I don't reveal of my source. source. It's a question of chronology. No, that's a question because of Because you sourcing.
9: earlier said that, that someone had sent you through the internet some message about whether or not you would be interested in some information.
5: Yes, and I refer to that person as a source.
9: So, you're not going to tell us when Musk
5: first approached you? Again, Congressman, so you're asking me to, re- answer, you're asking your journalist to reveal so a source. So, then you
9: consider Mr. Musk to be the direct source of all this?
5: No, now you're, you're trying to get me to say that he is the source. I, I, well, I just it, can't answer your question. Well, if is or he answers. isn't,
9: if you're telling me you can't answer because it's your source, well, then that, the only logical conclusion is that
5: he is, in fact, your source. Well, you're free to conclude that.
12: I do think it's worth pointing out that you know, I have co-sponsored, I think some of my colleagues have co-sponsored the Shield Act in previous Congresses with Democrats to protect what we see them trying to do today, protect journalists from having to reveal their sources to government. That used to be a shared position in the Congress. Unfortunately, as we're seeing now multiple occasions, it's not the, it's not the position anymore.
0: Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. You're listening to some exchanges uh, at the Weaponization Committee hearing, uh, chaired by Representative uh, Jordan of the great state of Ohio. There is a tonnage tonnage of silliness from Democrats desperately trying to get source material from uh, Twitter Files reporters uh, Matt Taibbi and uh, Michael Schellenberger, uh, award-winning Columnists, uh, not columnists, but uh, they've also been columnists, but columnists and reporters, journalists overall, who in the past have, you know, received accolades from the left for their reporting because quite often their reporting would disclose uh, bad behavior on the part of the Republicans, and they're always happy to have that. But when that professionalism uh, has its sights on their own, well, then all of a sudden, uh, what's good for the goose is no longer good for the gander. it's uh they can't they can give it but they can't take it um and it's sad when you hear this stuff but it's it's very much the case nonetheless anyway more specifically uh you had uh congresswoman sylvia garcia democrat out of texas repeatedly asking uh journalist matt taibbi um one of the four or five who were all about the twitter files exposing government censorship of all of us via uh proxies like the internet um uh the um the election integrity project using <laughs> folks like the Stanford internet observatory and others um and and she just doesn't like the fact that all these revelations came about so she's drilling Matt Taibbi about when Elon Musk head of Twitter first approached him about the Twitter files and Taibbi journalist that he is says he can't talk about that because it may reveal a source. And she says, oh, we're not talking about uh, sources, just chronology. He says, well, no, it's source. <laughs> if, if I give you chronology, then you're going to have a source. And she says, well, if you don't tell me that he is, that means he must be. I, she's unable to tether that observation to any measurable standard of accountability and dialogue and debate. She can't link that claim to any, um, if you will, required foundational merit. She just sets up two false choices and says if you don't pick one the other must be true without ever being able to validate it. Telling us that the uh, oh you know the the goal of her agenda validates the agenda. No, it's not that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> An agenda is never validated by its stated goal. Why? Because that's the job of the agenda to validate itself by showing how it will achieve that stated goal. She's not able to show how by not choosing one of the two choices she puts forward, that that would automatically mean by default her preferred choice is the one that must be truth. (laughs) What an imbecile. Sylvia Garcia, sounding like an inbred. (laughs) What a schmuck. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, and I'm beginning to believe that everybody who has this woman's line of logic is an inbred. Clearly... You don't have enough cerebral dexterity to be walking around on your own. <laughs> God. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing of the show, Jeffrey Lord, contributing editor to the American Spectator, also contributor to Newsbusters and Conservative Review. He's also a former CNN political commentator, was an associate political director with, uh, for po- uh, President Ronald Reagan. By the way, worked for uh, the late uh, housing secretary, Jack Kemp, he also worked for the late uh, President George H. W. Bush. His most recent book is the highly praised work entitled "Swamp Wars: Donald Trump and the New American Populism Versus the Old Order." Jeffrey, good to have you back, pal. How are you today? Hey, it's good to talk to you, <laughs> man. What a zoo! <laughs> oh my God, can you believe that they, they 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 say all this stuff with a straight face? I mean, uh, just yes. it's just you absolutely know, astonishing. Alan, Al, Al, I got to
2: say, th- there is a pattern going on here with people on the left i mean think of just this week there is the democrat senate majority leader on the floor of the united states senate demanding that rupert murdoch and fox news take tucker carlson off the air because he had the nerve to televise the the some of the film, the videotape, that the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, gave to him that showed what was actually going on inside the Capitol on January 6th, uh, whether it's that or whether it's what we're hearing now, demanding that Matt Taibbi give up his sources uh, or, or some college you know, liberals demanding that such and such a speaker not be allowed on their campus, the thread here is always the same. They want to silence any dissent. Anybody that they don't like or they want to, in the case of Matt Taibbi, get his source so that they can doubtless go after whomever that is. Uh, Wow. I mean, this is pretty scary when you think these people have uh, responsible roles in the government.
0: And they think they can get away with violating the Constitution on point because they're doing so under the trappings of officialdom. What they don't realize is that the degree to which they disregard the Constitution is correspondingly the extent to which they diminish their own authority derived from that same document. If you're going to diminish the Constitution by 40 percent, well, guess what? You've just lost 40 percent of your credibility because the only reason why you have any credibility is because of that bloody document. Saying that your well, election should right. be honored because of these uh, conditions. I mean, look, you, you mentioned the January 6th videos. Those things really undercut Democrat theories. I mean, you got Jacob Chansley, guy was a Navy veteran. Uh, he was referred to in the liberal media as the you know QAnon shaman. But turns out the guy was escorted by federal personnel around the building, courteously, you know, without really any incident. Now, please understand, this doesn't mean the destructive things. That happened still didn't happen, as the left is trying to apply. They say, "Oh, they're trying to cherry pick and give the impression that January sixth never happened." No, no, they're adding context. They're not taking it away, but well, that's right. adding that context again. It doesn't. This it does. It. When, I'll tell you what it means. It means that certain folks were wrongly characterized as as committing criminal behavior when the opposite was true. Isn't that fair to say?
2: That is very fair to say, and I and I have to tell you looking at those the, the, this released video, walking around peacefully, was there violence? Yeah, there was a, a, a small riot there. Nothing, by the way, that compares to the 574 riots in the summer of 2020 that went on in city after city. And but carried I, I over gotta, to
0: early 2021 as well.
2: Yeah. And I got to tell you, I, I did not go to the Capitol on January 6th, but I did go. I had a front seat at the rally at the White House at the Ellipse
3: That's with
2: President did. Trump. And I can tell you, I have some of it on my cell phone. People are dancing, they're clapping, they're laughing. There wasn't a shred of violence there, and and there were easily a hundred thousand people in, in in and around there that day. To suggest that this was all about an insurrection is just baloney. So and they that's and what's being
0: undercut. That's what's being undercut. Other truths, right. other untruths, uh, other truths uh, disclosed were. Uh, like uh, those surrounding Officer Brian Sicknick. Now, the media said that this guy was attacked by the mob. Turns out he wasn't. They also falsely claimed that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Not true. Hell, they got the video showing Sicknick walking normally, escorting Trump supporters out of the building while wearing a helmet. Now, him wearing a helmet dramatically contradicts the Democrats and the media's narrative claiming that he died of a head injury. And, and, of course, you got another batch of video footage showing Ray Epps, this guy caught urging Trump supporters to go into the Capitol the night before the January 6th riot. The guy was seen on the grounds at least 30 minutes after the time he told, he swore to the January 6th committee that it was already heading back to his hotel. You know, Tucker Carlson referred to that as a crime in itself, because it was false testimony given to Congress, yes?
2: Yes, yes, that is exactly right. I, I, I mean, you know, wh- what, what I find here is that these people, uh, no long, particularly in the media, they're no longer about the news. They're about narratives. And if you disagree with the narrative, they're coming for you.
0: Well, yeah, because, again, they think they can validate all their crap by pointing to their laudable goals. They don't understand that an agenda is never validated by its stated goals. It's never validated by its stated principles. Why? Because that's the job of the bloody agenda, to validate itself by showing how it will achieve those stated goals or fulfill those stated uh, principles. More on this upon a return. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show.
1: The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit jumpcloud.com.
11: there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving find out more at nsc.org slash call if you came across someone struggling with hunger how would you recognize them by their clothes their age the way they speak
9: would you notice a 16 year old boy who got, got his, his first, first job, job not for extra spending
6: money but to help feed his little sisters
11: or a mother who's in between jobs
6: and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner Or a
7: 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends but just to get
3: something to eat.
7: Or a retiree who fell ill
3: and had to to choose choose between getting medicine or groceries.
7: I am
11: the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day
9: but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in in America.
11: Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council.
1: The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned, accessible homes and vehicles, and access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org.
8: We know this is
6: because at the first hearing, the chairman claimed that big government and big tech colluded to shape and mold the narrative and suppress information and censor Americans. This is a false narrative. We're engaging in false narratives here, and we are going to tell the truth. I yield back.
12: General Lady yields back. I would just point out that we offered your staff also the opportunity to review the FTC letters. You have not come over to review those letters. I believe both of these individuals who are getting ready to testify, I believe they're both Democrats. I don't think they're here to help us politically. I think they're here to tell us the truth. And oh, by the way, the first FTC letter to Twitter after the first set of Twitter files, the very first question was, "Who are the journalists you're talking to?" And you guys don't care. Transparency—you don't want that, and you don't want two journalists who have been named personally by the Biden administration, FTC, in a letter. The Biden administration. And you're saying is they're not here the to FTC. help us. They're here to tell their story. And frankly, I think they're brave individuals for being willing to come after they've been named in a letter from the Biden FTC.
0: Uh, Actually, the FTC is the Biden administration. I'm surprised that uh, that the Congresswoman would actually utter those imbecilic words. Um, Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two dimensional approach. Uh, You were listening to an exchange between Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett, a Democrat from uh, the Virgin Islands, saying that Democrats will tell the truth while Republicans are trying to fabricate a narrative as if, The tag-teaming of censorship between the government and these private entities uh, is just a fictional narrative when it's stone-cold accurate. The Election Integrity Project exists. And the Twitter files demonstrate a tag-teaming exercise between those folks in government using private entities as a proxy for censorship. You have their requests on file. And yet Stacey Plaskett is still trying to refer to it as a fabrication. That's like pointing to a tree and calling it a bicycle. Pointing to a rusty pipe and calling it a water fountain. You can't take that which is empirically verifiable that everybody can see and somehow believe that through the force of argument that what people are looking at will vanish from their eyes. But this is what we're looking at today. Twitter Files reporters Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger completely mopped the floor with Democrats clumsily trying to vilify their witness testimony. Testimony that exposed left-wing government censorship during the latest House subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. This was one hell of an ouchy moment for the left. Now, granted, none of us have any control over their power of delusion. (laughs) Actually, what we need to do is use that illustrated delusion uh, to better uh, exemplify, or uh, if you will, better uh, represent to third-party observers just how silly they are being. Jeffrey Lord joins us right now, contributing editor to the American Spectator, contributor to Newsbusters and Conservative Review. Again, uh, former CNN political commentator. He was... Associate Political Director for President Ronald Reagan, as well as having worked for Housing Secretary Jack Kemp under President George H.W. Bush. Once again, his most recent book is the highly praised work entitled Swap Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Jeffrey Lord, appreciate you sticking around. Boy, these folks, they have no sense of personal pride. <laughs> they don't care how they embarrass themselves.
2: Well, and you know, I find it very interesting. She uh, interestingly said something that I have been saying. Uh, I have been maintaining that uh, liberals, particularly in the media, are no longer about news, just just the facts journalism. What they're about is pattern and and narrative rather. And this woman actually used the word narrative that this this was disrupting the narrative that she was trying to get across. That's what they're all about. And in this case, uh, you know, it's it's the narrative that uh, well. Journalists are not responsible if they don't name their sources. Uh you know, what what bunk is this? But no, they do this.
0: journalists are not responsible if they do name their sources. I mean that's the paradox. I mean it's yes. like Antifa call you know, the name for Antifa is the, you know, anti fascist. Right. Well, they're the embodiment <laughs> of the very fascism they're ostensibly against. This was done deliberately by Then the Soviet Union, you may not realize, a lot of folks do realize, but you know, Antifa's been around for nine decades. People don't know. It's a 90-year-old organization. It was created by the Soviet Union 90 years ago, 90-plus years ago, to uh, propitiate the otherwise frayed nerves of Europeans who were nervous about the Bolsheviks. So they came up with a group that embodies the very thing that their title says they're the opposite of. <laughs> you know, wow. How do we protect fascists? Well, we, we're going to call them anti-fascists. I mean, you know, th- this is my, <laughs> what do you, what do you, it's like calling uh, the Nazis uh, lovers of Jews. <laughs> you know, right. The, it's your actions that determine who you are, not your relabel. But this is the argument of the left. They use the argument of movable standards, wherein they rename a thing as being something other than what it is, in order to gain the ground, their arguments otherwise could not. Hey, Jeffrey Dahmer, he's not a monstrous cannibal; he's just a lost soul with a misunderstood eating disorder. Grandma, she's not picking her nose; she's merely exfoliating her nostrils. Hey, you know what? My nephew, he's not a he, guess what? He's not a uh, he's not a drug dealer; he's merely a street side pharmaceutical rep. <laughs> I mean, this is what <laughs> they right. do. Yes,
2: yes, it is what they do, and they do it. All the time. And this has gotten worse over the decades. I mean, I really think in my lifetime, uh, the 1960s was the beginning of the turn on this kind of stuff for the for the worse. And uh, uh, their their standards and their their beliefs and how they treat everybody, journalists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just at this point, it's crazy. And I, I frankly don't think they can even keep track of their own arguments.
0: Well, that's why they're going to fall apart. The woke will eventually fall apart because their inverted burden of proof uh, structure in all arguments is unsustainable. It's just unsustainable. People eventually grow tired of uh, assertions endlessly predicated on what are merely just other assertions with only tactics of shaming used as their validation when she claims no, that can't. it's a false narrative about how government is tag teaming with private entities to censor us it's wrong you got the departments of homeland security and state departments censoring massive numbers of social media posts Why? Because they want to call it misinformation, but they're doing it through the Election Integrity Partnership. And the Election Integrity Partnership is comprised of the Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public, the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, and uh, Grapeka, which is the social media analytics firm. And it's a concierge service that was set up some years ago, and it lets federal agencies like CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency, as well as the State Department's Global Engagement Center, they get to file these tickets, these quote-unquote tickets, lobbying for big tech uh, to drop stories, requesting that online story links and social media posts get flagged or censored by big tech. You can only stretch credulity so long, Jeffrey Lord.
2: And the good thing about the Twitter files is we see
0: how they're at work. We sure do. They're not hiding anything anymore. And now the left have to make an argument that what we're looking at doesn't exist. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main
10: Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any
0: questions or comments about Main Street Radio, Network, contact us at 703 719 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.